We hope you're blessed and encouraged by the following study from Calvary Chapel, El Monte. It's our simple prayer that you would grow stronger and deeper in an intimate and personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Should you have any questions, please feel free to contact us here at Calvary Chapel, El Monte. Peter chapter 4. As today we're going to go through Gifts of the Holy Spirit, part 2. You know, when you look at the the various scriptures regarding the gifts of the Spirit, um, there's some core scriptures. First um, Peter four it mentions a few. Romans twelve mentions some. Ephesians four, and then probably the one that has the most listed is First Corinthians chapter twelve. You know, for us as a church, we uh, are different parts of the body. And we need each other. We really do. I mean, I need you. We need each other. And the thing about the different parts of the body is that there's diversity. We're different. And I, and I thank God for that. I thank God that you guys aren't like me. Um, because then it would be really boring. Really boring. And, uh, and sometimes, you know, people, they're, they're more like the John the Baptist. Or some are like more like, you know, the, the free... That's okay. You know, there's a unity through diversity. You guys remember that. We're different parts of the body. You know, you might be tatted down, or maybe you come from a, a gang background, or I don't know, maybe you're from that part of town or that, the south side. You know what? It doesn't matter. We, we need to be different because I, you can reach people that I could never reach. Just because I'm not like you, don't think that, well, then I can't you know, be part of that church. No, we, we got to be different. We got to be able to reach everybody, not just you know, the lowriders, or not just the, the jocks, or not just the rich, or not just the poor. I remember when I went to uh, Calvary Chapel South Bay, one of the things that I was so blessed by at that church was all the different races that were there. You know the 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 African Americans, the Asians, the you know the Gringos, the the Hispanics. I was I looked around, and maybe it's because of where that that church is located. But I, I saw all the different races, and I saw you know obviously you got the you know the cars in the parking lot, whatever the Jaguars, the Mercedes, and the the old you know whatever Toyotas, and and I'm like, wow, this is kind of this is how church should be. You know, we should be different. Don't ostracize people because they're different. Uh, we need each other. And we really do need that diversity. And there needs to be unity. And in that diversity and unity, one of the great things about the Bible is that there's an equality. You know, one day when we stand before the Lord, you know, you're not going to be rewarded based on whether or not you're a pastor or a worldwide evangelist. You guys know that, right? I mean, one day when we stand before the Lord, the only thing that will matter was where were you in the body of Christ? Were you faithful with the gifts that he had entrusted to you? Moreover, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 4, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. That's all. And that's what we read here in 1 Peter 4. He says in verse 10, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another. As good stewards, there's that word, of the manifold grace of God. And so we all have received supernatural gifts. I'm not just talking about talents that you were born with physically. 
I'm talking about gifts that you were supernaturally born with, spiritually. We're talking about miraculous things. We're talking about an anointing. You know, like, like you know, someone could play the guitar and they might be really good, but they might not have that Holy Spirit anointing that, 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 that God gives people with. There's a huge difference. You can go down and you can teach the third grade and cool, you're transferring information and whatever. You got the job and title and money and position and all that as salary as a teacher. It doesn't mean you can teach people spiritually. It has to be a spiritual gift that God gives to us. And you guys have to find out what gifts you have. And remember that that we need each other. One's not better than the other. Please, I pray that you would know that. And I read a story about a man who broke his left arm. How many of you here are, are, are left-handed? Just out of curiosity. Okay, you guys are weird. Now, all the... And I'm just joking. I actually... Left-handed people are more creative. I always wanted to be left-handed, but I'm not. <laughs> Anyways, this guy broke his left arm, and one night when he couldn't sleep, he just kind of imagined a dialogue between his right hand and his left hand. And his right hand said, left hand, you're not missed, because this is the one that was broken, right? Everybody's glad it was you <laughs> that was broken and not me. You're not very important. And the left hand asked, well, then how are, how are you superior? And he said, well, my owner cannot write a letter without me. But then the left hand said, well, then who holds down the paper when the right hand writes? And the right hand said, well, who swings the hammer? And the left hand said, well, who hoods the nail when he swings the hammer, right? And the right hand said, well, who guides the plane when the carpenter smooths a board? And the left hand said, well, who steadies the board while well, he does so? And the right hand said, well, when our owner walks down the street and lifts his hat to greet someone, which of the hands does he use to do it? And the left hand had said, well, who holds the briefcase while he does it, right? And then he said, let me ask you a question. When our owner shaved yesterday and he held the razor in his face, it's cut because I wasn't there to help, the left hand said. And also our owner's watch has stopped. Why? Because you may do the winding, but if I'm not there to hold it, the watch won't get wound. And, and you guys, you know what I'm talking about, right? How one's not better than the other by any means. We need each other. And so too does each of us have a place of service None of us is greater, we're just different. You know, two quick things I, I want to share with you, and then we're going to get into just some elements of stewardship. Then we're going to just, we'll go through some of the gifts. There's at least 21 gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're not going to be able to get through all of them, because if we did, that would take a long time. And you guys would start stoning me after probably about two hours, man. But if you want the handouts, I tell you what, just send me an email and I'll shoot you the whole notes. Because when I do notes, I actually think that I owe it to you because you guys actually give me the time to study and pray. So anyways, um, here's a couple of things. There's two Greek words that are translated gifts. One of them is uh, pneumatikos. And that means spiritual things. You guys remember the, the word pneuma is spirit, right? So when it uses this Greek word, it emphasizes the spiritual nature and origin of the gifts. They are not natural talents, but rather they have their origin with the Holy Spirit. They are supernaturally given to a believer by the Holy Spirit. We read that in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 11. What do you have that's supernatural? 
Have you ever thought about that? I mean, what, what is your gift? What are your gifts that are supernatural? We can't just function on mere only what man can do. I need your gifts. We need each other's supernatural gifts. That Greek word, pneumatikos, it emphasizes the spiritual nature of it. And there's another word used to identify gifts, and that is the word charisma, right? And that has the emphasis on the fact that there, it's grace, right? Because the Greek word charis is in there. And emphasizes that a spiritual gift is a gift of given to us by God's grace. It's not a naturally developed ability, but rather it's a gift of grace bestowed upon the believer. And we even see it here in 1 Peter 4, verse 10. Notice again, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of what? The manifold grace of God. See, it's not something that we earned to get it, and it's not something that we will ever, ever, ever be worthy of to exercise it. Don't get rid of that place of grace and exercising the supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit. You know, it's, it's so beautiful when you realize that part of it, because then you don't function in your own righteousness, because we have none. Isaiah 64, 6, it's our righteousness is as filthy rags. We function and they're under the righteousness of Jesus Christ. You know, if you're here today and you know you don't know the Lord, maybe you're here today and you're struggling in, in your walk or um, you don't know what would happen to you if you died. You know, I just want you to know that, you know, um, we got to take care of that, man. You got to make a decision in your heart. I mean, full on, all in, Jesus Christ. He died for you on the cross. Right? The Bible says, all your sins were laid on him. The Bible says, he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. All the things you ever did, all the porn you looked at, all the drinks that you drank, all the drugs that you did, all the profanities that you've cursed, all the thoughts that don't belong, all the things that we've done, the way that we mistreat people, all the sins were laid on Jesus and God punished him for you. They put him in a grave after he died and, and then he rose again to prove who he was. And all you got to do today is repent of those sins. Be willing to let them go. You can't overcome it on your own. You can't stop the drinking and the drugs and the sexual sin. You can't do any of that without the Lord. You got to come to the Lord first. Just come as you are. If you don't know Jesus Christ, or if you don't know if you know Jesus Christ, and I pray that today you would make a decision to follow Jesus Christ, and he'll set you free. You see, that's what happens, man. And, and when you get saved, what ends up happening is he gives you gifts, and he puts you in, a, in the body of Christ, and he's going to use your life to help others get saved. I want to go to heaven. How about you? You want to go to heaven? I want to go to heaven. I want to take as many people with me as I can. I want to be used by the Lord for good. I really do. And you know, that's part of it is clothing the naked and feeding those that are hungry and helping the homeless and all that stuff. But remember, all that stuff is just temporary. Ultimately, we want to help people eternally. And that's where these spiritual gifts come in. 
You know, when you give your life to the Lord and you're like all in, I'm not just playing games. It's not just an intellectual thing. It's from the heart. And then he gives you gifts. And I tell you what, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how bad you've been. It doesn't matter how many drugs you've done and you think your brain is, is toast. It doesn't even matter. He might make you a pastor of pastors. He can do anything with your life. As a matter of fact, he specializes in that. He specializes in taking those that everybody else gave up on and using them so that the whole world could see that's the Lord. That's not that guy. I know that guy, man. There's no way he would have ever made it. Look what God has done. And he gets all the glory. Man, that could be you. All I'm saying is that it's a spiritual gift that God gives to us by the grace of God. And never forget that, you guys. Just let His love, let that blood cover your sins and let it change you. You know, when it comes to the gifts, there is a stewardship involved. Notice again, verse 10, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another. In other words, use it to help people, to help the rest of the body as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Now, a steward is you're taking care of something that's not really, it doesn't really belong to you. God gives it to you so that you can use it for his purposes. But one day you're going to give an account of that stewardship, right? And so let me share a few things with you along this stewardship. Um, And I've told this to you guys a million times, but maybe this time you'll remember, okay? Letter A, discover your gifts. Discover your gifts. What are they? Do you, do you have the gift of uh, prophecy? Do you speak in tongues? Can you interpret tongues? Do you have the, maybe you have a, a word of knowledge or wisdom, or, or maybe you have the gift of miracles or healing. You ever think about that? Maybe you have the gift of teaching, maybe evangelism. What's your gift? Discover what they are. Because when you discover what they are, then knowing your gifts will then enable you to find your place of ministry in the local church. And when you know what your gifts are, then you can focus on the things you're supposed to focus on, the priorities and the responsibilities that God's given to you. What are your gifts? If you don't know what they are, then part of me wants to say that after service today, go home, get on your knees, and ask God to show you what they are. I, I encourage you, are here today and you're oblivious and you're there and you're twiddling your thumbs and you're going to go home and whatever, watch a movie and you don't even know what your gifts are? I mean, it's like, you know, you, you got, went to Christmas and you got the gifts and it's time for you to open them and you won't. Well, they're, they're gifts. They're for you and they're for the body of Christ. You have to discover your gifts and then when you do, it's so cool because then, you know, you, you know your responsibilities and you know your priorities. To me, as I get older now, priority is a big word to me. Because when I go home, there's a million options I have. But when I know what my priorities are, those options become then thinned out. And I know, well, I've got to pray and I've got to study. My family. Priority is a big word. I think it helps you in knowing what you're supposed to do. But also, here's the cool thing about the Lord, man. You know, just in case you're here and you're like, I don't know what my gifts are. I've been saved for 17 years and he's never used me. 
No, you know what? God is so good, isn't he? I remember when uh, I used to coach a baseball team of 9 and 10-year-olds, and I think I've shared a little bit with this, of this story with you guys, but you know, they had some leftover players, 9 and 10-year-olds that nobody drafted. So, you know, they got all the leftovers, and they said, Hey, Manny, will you coach the leftovers? I was in Duarte at that time, and uh, I said, You know, sure, I had played baseball and growing up and stuff, and so um, I coached them. I gathered them together. Man, these guys were bad. They were, I mean, they were good bad, if you know what I mean. One guy, Gilbert, you, you know, he couldn't really catch because <laughs> he never played baseball before, but he could throw. He could throw a strike every time. And when I saw that, I said, Gilbert, you're my pitcher. And this little guy named Gabe, and you look at him and you would think, man, this guy shouldn't even be playing. He's supposed to be like with a six-year-old. He was super small. But let me tell you something. He was the most amazing shortstop ever, you know? And then this guy, you know, Nick over at third base, he had a gun for an arm, he had a quick glove, and the guy Brandon at first base, he was tall, he had a big old glove. And I mean, just, you start looking at the players, and as the, cool, the cool thing is the coach, he knows a little bit, and he's like, hey, you go here, you go there, you go there, because these are the gifts that you have. And I tell you what, we won the championship, man. 19 and 2. I'm not bragging, but I'm just telling you. We did that two years in a row. I ended up coaching the tournament team. They wanted me to coach the Dodgers. I said, no, I can't do that, you know. But, <laughs> no, but the thing that I'm trying to say is that, you know, thank God. I mean, I want you to know what gifts you have because I think it helps with your responsibilities and priorities. But aren't you guys glad that God is so good as our coach that he's putting us where we belong? He's good. He is good. But we got a responsibility as well. How do you discover your gifts? Well, one is you've got to listen to the Lord. <laughs> Number one, listen to the Lord. And so pray for God to show you what gifts have been given to you. Now, of course, you're not going to be able to know what gifts you have if you don't even know what gifts are available. That's why this study is kind of cool. Going through and looking at what gifts there are and just saying, okay, Lord, show me what gifts I have. Number one, listen to the Lord. Number two, listen to the leaders in the church. Um, what gifts do they recognize in you? A lot of times the Lord will show your leaders what gifts you have. And it's not because they're better, it's just because they have, a, they have a responsibility to put people in places. Sometimes what ends up happening is a, a, as a peer, a, a fellow Christian will say, well, I can't believe Manny put that person there. I don't see it. Well, it doesn't matter if you see it. Because you're not the one putting people where they belong. God says, okay, pastors, I want you guys to do this. I want you to see the gifts that I've given people, even sometimes the heart, sometimes the anointing. You see things that other people don't see, and you put them where they belong. Even though you don't see it, the leader might see it. You know, so you listen to the Lord, you, you listen to your leaders. Obviously, it's not a slam dunk. They're not infallible, but... Oftentimes, God shows them not just talents, but he shows them anointing. Number three is listen to other Christians through whom God might be revealing or confirming things. You know, they come up to you and they say, well, you know what? Thank you. You're always exhorting me. You're always admonishing me. You're always encouraging me. And then you find out, well, that's a gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, and so you listen to people. Another thing I think that's helpful in trying to determine what gifts we have is uh, what areas of service do you see most fruit in? 
you know, as you're serving and you just see, man, this just seems to bring results. It brings God's glory. It touches lives. That might be a determining factor. Another thing that's kind of cool, number five, is what areas of service bring you joy? You're like, man, wait a minute. You mean to tell me that I actually get to do what I want to do? Yeah, it's so cool. I mean, it's not always easy. Um, the Bible says in Psalm 37, 4, it says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. And so when you, what ends up happening is when you love God, you fall in love with God, then your will starts lining up with his will. Next thing you know, you want what he wants. And the next thing you know is you get the desires of your heart. And so what brings you joy? Oh, I love doing this, or I love doing that. Sometimes that's a determining factor of what gifts you have. Number six, what doors has God opened for you to minister in? You know, he's given you teaching opportunities. That's kind of how I found out what God wanted me to do, is the doors started opening, and I was like, huh. You know, I always have a hunger for the word and stuff, but I don't really think I have the gift of teaching, and I still struggle with that a lot. But, um, you know, I, I, I believe that God has guided my life through those doors of opportunities. That's why the Bible says, keep on seeking, keep on asking, keep on knocking. You know, it says that. And when you're, when you're, you're asking, you're asking for the, the, the personal power of the Holy Spirit. You read that in Luke 11. He says, after he, Jesus says, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. He goes on and then he says... And, and I'll give you the Holy Spirit. You know, um, he goes on to say, you guys, you're evil. You know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So you ask for the power and the anointing and the personal, you know, blessing of the Holy Spirit. You keep on asking. Never stop. Ephesians 5.18 says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, and, and you, keep on, you keep on seeking. What are you seeking? You're seeking God. You're seeking God, right? Seeking His face. That's what Jeremiah 29, it says, hey, you'll find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Keep doing that, you guys, and then keep on knocking. And what knocking is, is opportunities for ministry. That's why when Paul was uh, talking about, you know, open doors of opportunity for ministry, you know, it's so cool. The Lord will open doors for you, you know. But you have to, and it kind of goes back to praying. How is your prayer life? If you want to see miracles, if you want to see healings, if you want to see the Lord move, it will not happen unless you become a man of prayer or a woman of prayer. Okay? And so this is how we discover our gifts. And then we develop those gifts, right? Once you discover them, you strive for excellence in those gifts. Um, Romans talks about if you speak, you speak as the oracles of God. I mean, right here, First Peter does in verse 11, if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. And if anyone ministers, let him do it with the ability which God supplies. I mean, you know, you... You, you, you seek to develop those gifts. What if you're here today and you're a teacher? Now, I always tell guys, if you feel like you're called to be a teacher of the Word or a pastor, then you read, read, read your Bible. Keep reading your Bible. You know, it's interesting. Um, 
George Mueller read the Bible 200 times in his life, and a hundred of those times, he read the Bible on his knees all the way through. Imagine that. So you cultivate that gift. And read books on how to study, hermeneutics, homiletics, that's fine. You develop those gifts, and you strive for excellence, right? I mean, you meditate on Scripture, and you memorize Scripture, and you read, and you read, and you read, and you cultivate whatever the gift is. Maybe you're here, and you have the gift of tongues. I encourage you, of course, speak in tongues. If you have the gift of a word of knowledge, and we'll talk about that, word of wisdom, don't just hold it in. You start taking steps of faith and using those gifts and And as time goes on, what ends up happening is those gifts become refined. And then you'll kind of be able to discern when it's you and when it's not you, when it's the Holy Spirit. But whatever the gifts are, you've got to discover them, and you have to develop those gifts. Not only that, you know, I I don't know how this works. Um, Like, I know guys that can hit the golf ball really far. I mean, I'm serious. If you guys, Craig's not here, so I can, I can mention him, man. When he hits the ball, it just, it just takes off. And then after about 300 yards, it takes off again. It's crazy. I'm like, dude, you just hit it over the net. You know, it's weird. And, uh, and, and I, would, I would say part of that is his technique. His grandfather taught him how to play golf at a very young age. But another part of that is his strength. His strength. And, and that's kind of how it is with, with gifts. Part of it is we're going to cultivate this gift and we're going to do our part, but the strength that we need of the Holy Spirit, you know? I mean, they're spiritual gifts. And so if you're going to exercise those gifts, I'll tell you what, two things. Don't be a disobedient disciple. Don't just, you know, I don't care. Uh, I just sin. Stop it. Because when you disobey, you grieve the Holy Spirit. And don't be a doubting disciple. Wow, those supernatural things, they don't happen anymore. That's like, you know, supernatural. Yeah, that's my point. Stop doubting. Start believing. I mean, I could tell you so many stories about prophecies that were given to me, about tongues that were interpreted that changed people's lives. I remember one time, and this is a silly story, but I, I don't know if God has a sense of humor or what, but I remember one time in our house where Aaron lost his iPod. You know, and what does he do? First thing, you know, he'll, he'll just like looking for it, and so everybody's looking for it, right? Have you guys ever lost your device? You know what I'm talking about? And so uh, I'm serious. After about a good 10, 15 minutes of looking for it, all of a sudden I got a picture in my mind. I saw his iPod in my mind, Right there, um, you know, on the side of the bed against the wall where you would never, I mean, I just saw it right there leaning against the wall. And it was an image in my mind. And so I said, I know where it is. Boom, I went straight over there and I reached down and I picked it up. I didn't even look for it. I knew it was there. I'm like, Lord, why, why did you do that? And he's just like, well, every once in a while, I just want to, show you that I'm real. I want to show your son that I'm real, your daughter, your wife, because I'm telling you, it became a family affair looking for that iPod. You guys, 
why you doubt? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? We have to be spiritual people. We really do. We have to believe. We have to have faith. I mean, I trip out on, on George Mueller. I just trip out on that guy. The faith that he had. Read his life. It'll blow your mind. It really will. You develop those gifts, um, I, I think, primarily by becoming a spiritual person. And then you begin to deploy those gifts. Romans twelve six says, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. You guys remember the, the story in Matthew twenty five fourteen through 30 Jesus gave of, you know, how he had given talents to people. Five he gave to one, two he gave to another, one he gave to another. And he said, okay, do business until I come. When I come, you guys are going to give an account. And so the first guy, he invested the five talents and he got five more talents. Good job. The second guy, he got, you know, invested his two talents, he got two more talents. And what did the Lord say? Same thing to both of them. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. But the third guy, you know what he did? He took his talent and he buried it. What was he doing? He was playing it safe. Ah, if I bury it, there's no chance of it being lost. I'm not, I better not put it over there to Bank of America to gather interest because you never know what's going to happen at Bank of America. I'm just going to bury it right here. It's going to be nice and safe. Nobody's going to make any mistakes. Man, it'll just be like... And then, and then when the Lord comes back, I'll just give it back to him. Hey, I, I, here it is. And the, what did the Lord say to him? You wicked and lazy servant. If you knew that's the type of master that I was, shouldn't you have at least done something with it? Like put it in the bank and gather a little interest? And the Lord dealt with him. You guys, we have been given gifts. My prayer is that you're not being lazy. Because if you are, you're being wicked. Not only that, what ends up happening a lot of times is we just neglect it because we get so busy in life doing other things. I want to encourage you guys to discover your gifts, develop them, and then deploy them. Make sure you put them into action. Because if not, man, it's just such a tragedy. You know, I read a story about the great violinist Niccolo Pagani. Paganani. I don't know how to pronounce that last name. Paganani? Anyways, Paganini. Paganini, see? And anyways, when he died, he willed or he left his violin. It was an, a marvelous violin to... Uh, Genoa, or the city of his birth. But he left it on one condition, that the instrument never be played upon. And so, that's weird, huh? Yeah, you guys can have my violin because nobody use it. But it was a tragedy because it was a, made of a peculiar wood that as long as it was used, it was protected from decay. And so, they left it in the case, and over time... What ended up happening was the natural elements brought it to warn, and then it was valueless to play, except as a relic. It's a reminder to us, you guys, that a life withdrawn from service and the exercising of our gifts towards others, it loses its value. And so we need to discover, develop, and deploy them. Okay, find out what gifts you have. Let's look at a few of the gifts. Last week, we went over tongues and the interpretation of tongues and prophecy. 
Um, over in 1 Corinthians 12, if you would go there. We're going to look at 18 gifts in 13 minutes. I'm just joking. We won't be able to go over them all. But look what he says in verse 7. 1 Corinthians 12. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given, first of all he mentions, the word of wisdom. The word of wisdom. The Greek words right here, logos, it speaks of speech and Sophia, which is in reference to wisdom, used of diverse knowledge, proper and appropriate words of action, a practical and spiritual intelligence. And so what the word of wisdom is, is the impartation of immediate, specific, and supernatural wisdom granted by the intervention of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the word can come directly from the Holy Spirit to the individual who needs it, or it can come to me, and then maybe I can give that to you. Okay, now here's the thing. You're wondering, well, what's, what's the big deal about a word of wisdom? Here's the beautiful thing about the word of wisdom. That when you don't have an answer, when it's an impossible situation, when you're stuck between a rock and a hard spot, when it's a dilemma, it's then that the word of wisdom kicks in. I don't know if you've ever been there. I don't know if you've ever been in that place where you just don't know what to do, that you're asking and people are telling you things and you're, it's not really clear really what you're supposed to do in the word and you're praying and then someone comes to you and they grant you that, that word of wisdom and you just know it's supernatural, it's from God. It might even be preceded by a word of knowledge. They tell you something secret about the situation that they would have never known had God not revealed it to them so that you would receive now the word of wisdom in which God is trying to give guidance to your life. I'll tell you what, we need this. And I, I, I can't go too in-depth because we're running out of time, but um, I wanted to. In Acts chapter 6, when the... It says that the Hellenists, they were complaining because they thought the widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. I mean, basically, this was a scenario, and I'm just going to give you the big picture, where the church could have split. I mean, you got these Greek-speaking you know, Jews, huge part of the church, and you've got these other guys that, that more along the Jewish line, and, and there's a big problem here. And so what ended up happening was the word came, and this is what you got to do. you got to find seven guys with good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit, whom you would appoint to the serving of tables. We will give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. And by the way, the seven guys you choose should all be Greek-speaking Jews, Hellenists. And what ended up happening? As a result of that, the church didn't split. The church grew. That was a word of wisdom. Or when Solomon was there, and uh, we're going to see sometimes these gifts are even exercised in the Old Testament. Do you guys remember when the two moms came in and both moms said, that's my baby? You know, because they lived together, one of the babies died, the other one said, no, that's my baby, that's my baby. So they go to Solomon, and Solomon real quick, he just says, well, I have an idea, let's do this. Bring me a sword, cut the baby in half, and we'll give it to, you know, half to her, half to her. And he just knew that what would happen right away is that the natural mom would cry out, no. I mean, 
And then sure enough, that's what happened. It was a word of wisdom given to Solomon. And when they found out that Solomon had rendered that judgment, it says in 1 Kings 3.28, all Israel heard and they feared the king. For they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to administer justice. And so it's a supernatural wisdom given to us in situations where you need an answer. There's a dilemma, there's a problem, and, and you don't know what to do. And God gives that to you. In, in, in that time. You know, it's different than what we would normally accrue in life as a Christian. If you're going forward, you're learning the word, you're learning how to apply it to your life, you're growing in wisdom, right? We should all be growing in wisdom. It's different from the general wisdom of the word that one acquires through a life of study. Um, it, it's different than the wisdom that we acquire when we walk with the wise, but it's not necessarily different than James 1.5. As a matter of fact, James 1.5 is a good complementary verse because it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. And God will give to that person liberally and without reproach. But whatever you do, don't doubt when you ask. Lord, I don't know what to do. But I, my eyes are on you and I believe, God, that you're going to show me what to do. So we need that word of wisdom Definitely in the church, right? Another thing he mentions in verse 8 is the, is the word of knowledge. It says, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. And the, and the word of knowledge, uh, same word for Greek, uh, in the Greek for word logos, reason, speech, but the word knowledge speaks of a general and deeper knowledge. It's gnosis. It comes from gnosko, which means to know. And um, did you guys know that God can give secrets? Does that trip you out? You know, um, you can be so in tune with the Holy Spirit that like Elisha, he was surprised when God didn't reveal things to him. I mean, God would show him things. God would show him things. So much so that the king of Syria, he said, okay, what's going on here, man? We're, we're sending you know, troops to, to Israel and they keep intervening us at strategic places. They're, they're knowing our plans. I don't get it. And this is what they said. They said, hey, it's Elisha. I mean, this guy knows what's going on in your bedroom. The things that you're saying in your bedroom. God showing him. That was Elisha. He knew. He had that, that gift in a strong way. So much so that one time when the, 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 the woman came, her son had passed. She's coming towards him. He's like, oh, I don't get it. I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on right here. The Lord's not letting me see. I mean, this is something that you know God can use in our life. Uh, we know that... Peter experienced it in the book of Acts chapter 5 regarding a couple that was a hypocrite. They were a hypocritical couple. In Acts chapter 10 verse 19, he also experienced it. Paul exercised it in Acts chapter 14 verse 9. We see it actually throughout the book of Acts. It's a divine revelation by the Holy Spirit of certain facts about a situation or person that would otherwise be unknowable. It's not knowledge acquired by natural means. Sometimes we hear things about people. They come and they say, hey, man, I just want you to know, so-and-so said this. Thank you for telling me that. But I, that's not a word of knowledge. That's a, a person telling me what's going on, right? <laughs> that's an informant. Sometimes we need that as well, right? Especially if they're talking bad. 
But here's the thing. Sometimes the Lord will show you supernaturally, right? This knowledge previously unknown, supernaturally and instantly imparted to the believer by the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something. It's not knowledge by deduction. It's not an educated guess or a hunch. It's not an uninformed suspicion. <gasps> I think there's something about that guy right there. Okay, that's just a hunch, you know? Is this your a suspicion? No, we're talking about a word. Okay, that's why that word, word, is very important. A word of knowledge that comes from the Holy Spirit. It, it, it primarily deals with circumstances or events in the past or present. I was reading a book. Uh, Brian Brodison has a pretty cool little book on the gifts of the Spirit. And he was talking about how, and we see this a lot. I'm sure a lot of you here can tell your stories but he was talking about one time in a, in a prayer meeting at a conference with, with sisters, with women, uh, uh, how, how Cheryl, she had an image of someone storing bitterness in a small black bag. Someone here is, is storing bitterness in a small black bag. Um, and what ended up happening was a woman came up to her and with tears in her eyes, and she said, I'm her. I'm storing bitterness towards God, and I've been storing this bitterness because my mother passed away, and her ashes are in a small black bag. God had revealed to her what was going on. See, and what ended up happening? That day, that woman was set free from the bitterness. See, we need these gifts to be exercised. What if Cheryl had received that image, that vision, and didn't say anything? A lot of times that happens with the gifts. And I'm telling you that. That's why we have to take steps of faith. We test everything. But don't be afraid, you guys. The Lord, sometimes He shows you things. And we have to make sure that we follow through on the things that the Lord shows us. Here in 1 Corinthians 12, He says, One is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit to another, the word of knowledge to the same Spirit. And then he says uh, to another, faith uh, by the same Spirit. Some of you here, you have the gift of faith. I've seen it exercised. I'm like, well, they have a strong faith. Uh, I, one that I will say that I didn't know her like that well, but I knew her pretty good. When I first met her, there was like a glow around her. Uh, Naomi, uh, Sharon's mom, she had this gift. It's not just saving faith, and it's not just the, the faith that sustains the believer's walk. It's a, it's a powerful faith. It's the faith of a George Mueller or you know, a Hudson Taylor. I mean, George Mueller, when they started the, the orphanage, uh, they, they said, we will never ask for money. We're going to put an offering box in the back. We're just going to pray for everything. We're going to pray, pray, pray for everything. And you guys have heard the stories of this guy. The first time he went to America, uh, there was fog. Uh, they were slowing down. I mean, to make a long story short, he goes up to the captain. He says, hey, we've got to be in America at a certain time. And the captain says, well, it's not going to happen. Not going to happen because this fog is thick and it's dense. And he says, well, captain, you know, I've never been late. Never in all my years. And so let's go down and let's pray. And so he goes down. He takes the captain down and they pray. Real simple prayer. And then as the captain starts to pray, the, the George Mueller says, no, don't, don't pray. Don't pray because you don't believe. Not only that, I already prayed and it's done. And so they went up. And guess what happened? 
the fog was gone. They made it to America on time. Um, and, the, and what ended up happening was the captain got saved, and he's the one that relayed the story. You know, and we see George Mueller did that. One time they didn't have any food. Um, 300 orphans. Okay, everybody, sit at your tables. We're going to pray. Mr. Mueller, there's no food. It's okay, we're going to pray. God, thank you for this food that you provided. Next thing you know, it's a knock at the door. The baker says, I couldn't sleep all night. Here, here's some bread. Next thing you know, knock at the door, the milkman comes. Hey, my cart broke down. <laughs> you guys can use some milk? Will you read his stories? It's amazing what God did through his life. You know, of course we all, you know, we, we need to grow in faith. But the thing that we see is that there's a gift of faith that needs to be exercised. And man, I wish we could go on and on right here. You know, the... Uh, verse 9, that the same Spirit, the gifts of healings, and by the same Spirit, the working in miracles and prophecy, uh, to another, the discerning of spirits. You know, uh, today a guy called up on the, on the radio, he's all, what about this guy? You know, uh, I don't know about this guy. I listened to him teach. I don't know about that guy. What's, what is that? That is discerning of spirits. Discerning, is it demonic? Is it angelic? Is it the Spirit of God? Or is it, you know, just the Spirit of man? And Paul, there was a, one time where a guy was following him around. These are the servants of the Most High God. And she just kept following him around. These are the servants of the Most High God. So part of you is like, okay, that's cool. That's kind of good advertisement. <laughs> These are the servants of the Most High God. But what did, what did Paul do? He said, he looked at and he talked to the demon. He said, get out of her. Because he had that discernment, Right? And so there is that gift. I wanted to find out who here has the gift of giving. I want to be your best friend. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> you know, we spoke about tongues and interpretation of tongues. If you go over to verse 28, God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, uh, second prophets, third teachers. And after that, miracles, the gift of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. I mean... You know, it's interesting, uh, the helps, and we'll close with this. Um, what a beautiful gift that is. Uh, there's a lady that comes in. We have a, a I mean, I, sh I probably shouldn't pinpoint people. I'm just blown away at the way that some people serve you. No, no accolades behind the scenes, cleaning and doing things. And I just like, wow. Not only do they have the, the gift of helps, they have a strong gift of helps. Lord, thank you for your people. I pray you guys would know your gifts. You would discover them, develop them, and deploy them. I pray that God would just work in our church. You, you get First Peter 4, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12. Read your Bibles, man, and Ephesians 4, and you find out what gifts there are and, you know, we could talk about the gift of singleness. How many of you have that gift? You're like, I won't talk about that. Um, you know, it's just amazing to me. And my prayer, you guys, is that we would, uh, we would really be a church that is truly supernatural.
We hope you were encouraged by this study. If you have any questions, please call us at Calvary Chapel El Monte at air code 626-454-3414. Remember that Jesus loves you.